0: Welcome to the Reaching the World Bible Church podcast. This is Pastors Henry and Ella Looney. Our prayer is that you enjoy the word for today. Fathers can't unscramble eggs. Fathers can't unscramble eggs. Now, I know we've heard with a lot of men and a lot of fathers uh, that uh, um, uh, fathers can't you know, if he can't cook, he can scramble an egg, y'all. Because that was something considered real simple to do. Now, thank God I've been around men in my life. My dad was a, a good cook. Daddy could cook. Amen. Uh, his, his chocolate icing for cake was, uh, Mama's not here, but she's listening at home. You know, but you can ask Benita, we'd almost rather have Daddy to do the icing and Mama to do the cake. Amen. Cause his was good, and he fried some chicken. Glory to God. My uncle, my uncle, uncles, uh, two of my uncles that, between my father, and my uncle Edward Nix, and my uncle J. C. Brownfield, the barbecue that you have enjoyed in this church that I have done, I was trained by the best, y'all. We used to we used to barbecue in Odena, I mean. Me and I, I started when I was with them with daddy when I was about eight, but but with my uncle Edward and Uncle, Jay, uncle JC uh, We we I started with about 12 12 years old with them and we would stay up we used to have family reunion on the 4th of July and um, And we would stay up all night Barbecuing and and between the three of us, and this with three of us. I, I don't know how it got to be working out there. We, and we did. And we did that for years. Had a great time. So I've been surrounded by folks that knew, men, fathers, that knew how to scramble eggs. But when I was contemplating this message, fathers can unscramble eggs, and neither can anyone else. Any of us that ever scramble an egg, no one. Can get that eggshell and stick it back in there and make it whole again. Once an egg is scrambled, it's scrambled. What do you mean by that, preacher? Well, once something has been done and finished, it's done. Whether it was good, bad, or indifferent. So you can't go back and change things that you did two years ago or a year ago or, or, or five minutes ago. Now you can apologize if it was a mistake and say I'm sorry and then say, well, I'll try to do better the next time. But that what you've already done, it's done. You can't go back and unscramble eggs in my life and growing as a father. I did some good things, but I also did some things that I regretted. You can ask Christopher. He can tell you. And and I learned, I thank God I learned in in Bible school and marriage and family classes that the importance of what it was to go to your child when you're a father who loves your child when you made a mistake and say, son or daughter, daddy's sorry. had to do that more than one on more than one occasion and you know what I did that when Chris was real young and I think it gave a a confidence in him that if I made a mistake I wasn't so macho or so uh, gung ho to where I couldn't tell him "Um, that is sorry son and then would you forgive me i can remember times when i remember a few things i'm not even going to tell you about that that i did you know that i thought he had done he hadn't he hadn't done come to find out and i had to just repent and go to him and say please forgive me and i can i can just hear his voice right now when he was young he said daddy it's all right that is all right. I love you. I forgive you. And it's establish a unique bond that we still have today. And I know you fathers, and our mothers too as well, there's times that you can think to when your child came and jumped in your arms and and uh and you know, one of the things I'm thinking about, I don't know why I'm going down memory lane right now, because I gotta get to this message. <laughs> but but uh, I can remember Dad, when when I was small, we lived in what we call the quarry. It's the quarry, you know. We we didn't say we didn't say quarry, we said we live in the quarry over there. Amen. That's where, that's where we live. <laughs> Amen. And daddy worked in the office and he would walk to, we lived in, in in the homes that were over there, they were really shacks. Amen. (laughs) But, but, but mama cleaned that shack up. She, she, she dusted all and swept all the dust out. And some of y'all pass out talk about memory lane for that. we, We didn't have a lock on the door. We had, and see, the kids are gone, but they, they wouldn't understand this term. We had a latch on the door. How many remember a latch? And it was, it was a, a piece of wood. In case you young folks that are listening out there, know what is a, a latch? It's a piece of wood that's nailed into the, into the side of the door the way you turned it. And it, and it uh, made a seal of sorts on the door. And we didn't have a lock for a long time. We had a latch. Amen. And Daddy would come home. And I knew what time he got off and i couldn't wait because when i was really little daddy would come home he would always have something that he would leave in the lunch box and i knew he had something for me usually a piece of candy or something like that or something he didn't need in lunch he would always do that and i couldn't wait and i would run when i saw him coming up over the hill in a quarry and and there was i would run when he got closer and jump in his arms and he would always put me up on his shoulders and carried me into the house. And, you know, I had to look up at him at the time. And I thought, hey, if I'm, up, if I'm on daddy's shoulders, can't, hey, nobody's taller than me. And I loved that. And I think he kind of liked it too. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And, and those memories that we have, those things that were sown into us. And we all have memories like that. But whether it was good things or bad things, you can't go back and change any of those things as a highlight or focus on this message. And I, we said this, no matter what mistakes have happened in your past, God wants to bless you with new beginnings and a fabulous future. No matter what mistakes or things that went wrong, God that happened in your past you can't go back and change those but from this moment on the things that you do God has a new beginning and a fabulous future for you matter of fact look at your neighbor and repeat after me and say neighbor forget about the past good or bad and let's press toward the mark of the high calling for a godly future that's full of blessing. Amen. How many believe that? When you say that, you should get excited about that because there's an anointing of God that he has entitled you to walk in that you, no one else can walk in yours but you. But it's up to you to know that and then expect that to occur. I looked at it and I thought about that example that I read about, about one of the kings in the Old Testament. And we think about this particular gentleman, and I'll tell you his name. His name was King David. He's one of my favorite biblical uh persons. David started out, and, and you know, when he was anointed to be king, uh, Samuel came and went and went through all the house and all, all those that, that he went, and none of none of the sons that ran by, even the ones that looked like they were uh, tall and look kingly, They weren't the one. And the father had to call out. He, he said, you got any more sons? He said, I got one more. He's just a little, a little out there. He's out tending the sheep. He said, call him. We're not going to sit down. And when he got there, Samuel knew this is the one. And he anointed him king. That same David achieved great things and did a lot of great things. One of the things that, that I think about is when we think about David, we think about the battle with Goliath, the giant. David had all the confidence in the God he served. And he knew there was no uncircumcised Philistine. We read and we taught on these things. I'm gonna go back, I don't have time to go back and, and, and read all those scriptures, but you remember those things. Go back and read in in the books about the life of David. It it has tremendous victories. One of them, when he said, this uncircumcised Philistine, in Henry interpretation, you finna go down, buddy. And he did. And he cut his head off. Great victory. David had great victories. And later on in life, he had his mighty men. They were, uh, what the Bible indicates, they almost were supermen because they were walking in a special anointing. David led them. But not only did David have great victories, David had some great defeats too. And when you think about some, this man committed adultery. This man sent the husband of the wife that he took, Bathsheba, To the front line to be killed. He murdered him in a sense. He had some great failures. He had some other failures. In life. Some of his. One of his sons. Rebelled against him. He had some challenges. But through. The good. And the bad. David. As a father. As a man of God. God said something about him that we need to examine in Acts 13, verse 22, Acts 13, verse 22, and I'm going to read to you from the New Living Translation, and this is what God said about him, but God removed Saul, and that was a challenge in and of itself in David's life, and replaced him with David. A man about whom God said, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. What? He said, God said, David was a man after his own heart. David, he had great victories. Goliath, he, 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 he respected and honored Saul even when he was turned on him and tried to kill him. He, 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 did, he did some great things. He had great victories. So, uh, there were songs saying about David. Uh, Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his tens of thousands. He had a lot of great victories, but he had a lot of terrible defeats and mistakes. He killed a man. He took his wife His prophet came and said, you're the man. But yet, through all of that, fathers, mothers, who have unscrambled some eggs in our lives, God said to David, he's a man after my own heart. Through good and bad times, David never forgot to thank the Lord for everything that he had given him. David messed up sometimes over and over again. But God still looked on him and said about him, He's a man after my own heart. What does that mean? God trusted him, he made mistakes. Anybody else in the house ever made any? But one thing, a couple of things about David and godly fathers, men and women of God that want that same confession that God made to David, made about them. We ought to notice this. Psalms 100 verse 4. Psalms 100 verse 4 says this. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. Praise God. Thank God for the word. Thank God for the anointing. That's not the scripture that I wanted to give you. Let me look and see if I can find it. Which one? If I made a mistake or if we just copied it down. Uh, I think I, may, I made the mistake of giving it. One thing or a couple of things about David. The reason God said that he was a man after his own heart, David was always thankful about what God had given him, and David always was quick to repent and quick to forgive. No matter what went on in David's life, no matter what challenge he had, David had the right attitude. 2 Samuel 12, verse 13. 2 Samuel 12, verse 13 says this, And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also hath put away thy sin. Thou shalt not die. David was quick to acknowledge his shortcomings. Fathers, all of us have shortcomings. All of us have missed it at one time or another. The Bible says we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But that won't disqualify you from being used of God. I love what one of the sisters, and I can't think of her name right now, that, uh, her ministry. One of the uh, phrases that she uses, Pastor Ella has used it before and, and taught on those area. Thank God, he's still using broken crayons. You know how you get a crayon of color, and you get it all the way down to the end, and it breaks, and you just got a little piece left. You remember in your school, but as long as you had just a little bit of it, it still you still can color it what you need to with it, God is still using broken colors. A lot of us have been hurt and went through hurt and think or done things or said things. We felt like we disqualified ourselves. God is using folks that have made mistakes. You can't go back and unscramble an egg. Once it's scrambled, it's scrambled. But you can still be used. A good scrambled egg is really good for breakfast, isn't it? It tastes good. You can't boil it and make it whole again. But it's still useful. It's still nourishing. It's still productive. No matter what is going on in your life, David is our example that God is using broken crayons. And one of the chapters, and I, I'm not going to go back and read the entire thing. I'm going to read two verses out of it. We know David wrote a lot of the Psalms. But I ask you, and it helped me to go back. I read it last night again just to read up is Psalms 51. Go back and take your time. If you've ever felt like I've done too much, I've done, I I said too many things. I hurt too many people. God can't use me. Go back and read Psalms 51. David was saying, he had done some things. And in Psalms 51 verses one and two, I'll read. He says this, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. According unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquities, and cleanse me from my sin. In that chapter, I was reading, and it's full of so many things. David had had done some things that he regretted, and he went to God. And I'm just going to go ahead and read. I wasn't going to read all of that. I might not read all it, but I'm going to read a couple more verses in Psalms 51 besides 1 and 2. Because when I was reading it last night, I said, Lord, sometimes I feel like that. Verse 3 goes on to say in Psalms 51, and this is King James, For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned. And done this evil in thy sight. That thou mightest be justified. When thou speakest. And be clear when thou judgest. Behold I was shapen in iniquity. And in sin did my mother conceive me. Verse 6 says. Behold thou desires that truth. In the inward parts. And in the hidden parts. That thou shalt make me to know wisdom. David says. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may re- rejoice. He said, hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. And I love verse 10. I won't read anymore, but I read verse 10. He said, create in me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit in me. When I blown it, I can remember, I can remember feeling like I had done stuff. Oh God, I don't even know why. But I got to the point, sometimes you get to the point of being sick and tired of stuff till you're just sick and tired. And you say, God, help me. I told you about things in my past that in times past, I can remember when I was in college, wasn't in ministry yet. And and, I. Pledged maternity and got around guys and done some things and you know uh, just just young and rambunctious and I remember in college going out buying magazines that we would consider not the kind that's proper to look at and I and and I I was in college and you know I've told I had said this a long time I, I don't I don't talk about all, all all my 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 faults and stuff that much but I do want to be open. Cause somebody might have some things that they got hid in their in their closet. But I remember buying magazines, and I just like to read stuff that I shouldn't have been reading. I even gave myself an excuse. I said, "It's helping. It, it, I'm studying this. This is helping me increase my 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 speed in reading." So, boy, you can lie to yourself if you really want to do something, can't you? I read that and I, I was in school and, and you know times were tough and it was, you know and uh, daddy was working extra so to help me and it got to the point I looked in my closet and I looked at all them magazines ones that I was reading and ones I was just looking at the pictures and I started looking at the prices of those things and I counted it up what I had spent on those magazines. And sometimes I was just eating baloney. And just, just. And once I got to $400, I got sick and tired. It made me sick. I said, God, forgive me. I got all those magazines out of my closet. I took them to the dumpster and I dumped them out. And I said, I'll never buy another one again. I could have ate all kinds of good food with that. And from that day on, I never have. You may have stuff in your closet right now that no one knows anything about that you're dealing with. It may be hidden to everyone but you and God and the devil. But you've got to the point to where you're just sick and tired of being sick and tired. And you need to empty that closet out. Fathers, mothers, men and women of God. David said, the king created me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. That was my prayer. And God did. He'll create in you a clean heart, dad. Mom, he'll create a new If you've been doing things or saying things or talking about somebody, or, or you got just got things that that no one else knows about but you know about, and it's grieving you, just got, ask God to move it as far as the east is from the west. David murdered a man. Committed adultery. What we call the big sins. Yet God said he's a man after my own heart. Why? Because David always sought to follow God's law. Even though he didn't reach, reach it all the time. But he always sought. He was quick to repent. He was quick to forgive. Fathers, we can grow just like David did. How do we do it? The Bible gives us illustrations of what to do. Different areas of the Bible that we teach on family and parenting and loving. I'm just going to read a couple things and then I'm going to let you go. Because fathers, this is your day. We want you to enjoy it. And this is not a message of condemnation. This is a message of revelation, of freedom, how coming out like David did from all the stuff that you may have scrambled, God can raise you up from it. He said in Ephesians 5 verse 23, he said, For a husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of the body, the church. And the church submits to Christ so you wives submit to your husbands in everything. When you read that sometimes, wait a minute, my husband's not always acting right. Well, you pray for him. You ask God to help him. But you honor him where you can. Scripture in verse 21 says you submit to each other. You do that. And I'll tell you men of God or husbands Fathers. Verse 25 in verse 5 says this. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. If you wonder what it, what it would take, why changes have to be made for you to walk in this kind of love. A man that will give his life for his wife, for his children is easier for her to submit to someone that she knows husbands, fathers, that you would give your life for in anything else that you needed to just the blesser. I think about and I, and I shared this with the parenting class you may have seen it too on the news that was this former athlete that uh, was out on the beach and he uh, his son and his niece were out swimming and they got caught up in the uh, the tide the rip tide and they were being sunk sunk under and by the time he saw them his son was closer, and, but he saw his niece. She was way, way out there, and he just dove out there. This man dove out there, and he, and he went, went after him. And one of the things that he said that I heard him say, he had to swim past his son who was caught in that riptide because he knew if he didn't get to his niece, she was going to drown. He made the decision to pass his son and got to his niece and he got her. And he got her and he brought her back and put her on the beach and then he asked God help me to go get to my son. And he did. And then he was in the hospital. I think when I saw it he was still in the hospital recovering because he was affected because he got so much water in his body and he was affected. And and he, and he said, "By the time he they came back to him, said people called him a hero. They were saying he had saved the children, he had saved his niece, and he had saved his father. And he he said, "He said they told him you're a hero." He said, "No, I'm not a hero." He said, "I'm a father. Fathers would give their life for their children." He even made the decision to bypass. Oh, I think about that. That way. that had been. It had to be one of the most difficult things to bypass his own son who was in the midst of almost drowning to get to his niece but he trusted and depended on God and God rescued them all no matter what we have to deal with when we trust and depend on God and we give our all God has meet us at our faith one of the things in a Go back and read through Ephesians 5 verse 21 through 33 the end of that. It'll bless you. Just for time's sake, I'm not going to read it all. But, but I did want to touch on a couple of scriptures. One of them is Ephesians 6 verse 4. Ephesians 6 verse 4 talking about fathers. And this helped me as I used to study family and even teaching and preaching on it. Fathers Ephesians 6, verse 4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. I'm reading in NLT. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. The best marriage and family book is the Bible. There's a lot of good ones that are written that are good that I glean from and learn. But when you read the word and when you read what God said, how husbands ought to treat their wives, how wives ought to treat their husbands. And you read about the, how fathers and mothers ought to discipline their children with respect and honor, in, with discipline and instruction that only comes from God through his word. And he'll show us how to do that. He gave us examples in the word where we did that. In that greatest love walk, we see the God kind of love, and I'll read that, and then we'll stop and we'll finish. In 1 Corinthians 13, and I love to read from the Amplified Classic, how the God kind of love should act and react. Amen. How many know sometimes we react, but it's not always in love? Sometimes we react to natural human love. Natural human love is selfish. Natural human love says this, me, my wife, his wife, him, his wife, us four, no more. My child, my baby did this. Ain't nobody got it like my family. Mine, mine, mine. That's selfish. That's not the God kind of love. It reacts like this in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4. And I'll just read it and then we'll stop. Love endures long and is is patient and kind. A lot of folk endure, but they're not going to be patient about it. And they won't be kind. Love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy. How many working on that? Amen. One on his heart. Is not boastful or vainglorious. Does not display itself haughtily. It is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. It is not rude unmannerly and does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way. For it is not self-seeking. It is not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account. Oh, dear Lord, I got some work to do. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It didn't stop there, though, y'all. It said, it pays no attention to a suffered wrong. I mean, besides me, got some work to do. The God kind of love pays no attention to a suffered wrong. It's not holding a You know, a lot of us in our relationships, I know we got some husbands and wives sitting by each other today. You know, we, we got a list. And you might not have written it down on, on, on a list, but you got it in your mind. And you remember, I remember everything that devil done to me, preacher. Yeah, they married me and said they loved me, but they done this, this, and this, and you got a list of stuff. And when you get mad and you get angry, you tell them, you remember when you did this? And then you say you ain't got no good memory. You can't remember scripture, but you remember every bad thing he or she ever said or did. That's not the God kind of love. But you can't go back and unscramble eggs. But what you do from this moment forward, just by getting that word there. Let me read two more scriptures. Love, the god count of love. Verse 6. It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. And I love verse 7. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes. He is ever ready to believe the best of every person. A lot of folk... A come to you I had folks come I had folks come to tell me stuff about y'all I said no Pastor you have folks yeah I've had people call me and tell me about different ones of you all things y'all have done y'all might y'all y'all have never heard me say anything to you about it and you never will because I didn't believe it if it was bad because I know y'all I know you're not perfect but I'm gonna believe the best of you I'm gonna bleed and blessed of you until you show me different. You ought to say, thank you, Jesus. That's how, that's what the God, <laughs> that's what the God can love does. Yeah. You, you'd be surprised what folk, you know. I don't know. Some somebody probably called you and told you something about me at one time or another. I, I hope it was most of it was good. But <laughs> but I know everybody does, I mean everybody doesn't love us. Especially even the ones that do, if they're not walking in this kind of love, if they don't understand it, they're not going to function that way. It says this. Again, love bears up under anything and everything that comes. It's ever ready to believe the best of every person. I believe the best of you. Its hopes are faithless under all circumstances, and it endures everything without weakening. And then finally, verse 8. Love never fails Never fades out or becomes obsolete or comes to an end. The Bible said love covers a multitude of sin. And I'm not condoning sin. I'm not condoning wrong. I'm not condoning anything that's ungodly. But I'm saying when we walk in and do our very best like David did. And David grew to some of these things. To grow in repentance. To grow in forgiveness ourselves. We'll grow in this kind of love and we'll become a more effective godly father godly man godly husband godly mother godly wife godly parent and god will help us amen i thank god the word of god itself can help us when we abide in it and allow it to abide in us the word of god can cleanse us and wash us you, you see what scripture says. We, we can be washed by the cleansing of the word. That's when we become a doer of it. And not just a hearer. Amen. Did you get some things out of my sharing today. To help you. you, you, you are, are you, you going to be better off than when you came in. Are you going to act differently towards some things. Or so, towards some people. My prayer is that we do. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you. We thank you on this Father's Day. Lord, that we celebrate our dads. Lord, that we love them. And Lord, that we walk in the precepts and examples that you showed us in the word through men and women of God that we can grow in despite of our mistakes. Lord, the first thing that we need to do is make you, if we've never done it, make you our Savior and make you our Lord. Lord, we pray this prayer. We ask you to say this after me. Father God, right now, I confess with my mouth. I believe in my heart that you died for me. Lord, I ask you to forgive me of my sins and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I am saved. Amen. Amen. You just prayed that prayer. You just started a brand new walk with God. We got some materials we want to give you on the screen. Those of you at home and in here, you'll be able to see these three mini books that will uh, come up that, that we want to give to you that will help you with your walk. It'll help you with, what, understand what the new birth means, uh, what, what you can do in him once you get saved and why. Speaking in your heavenly language, praying in the spirit, what that means. And then you see that QR code where you can scan it with your phone. It'll take you to a video that uh, will welcome you to this family and welcome you to the family of God. And we just say thank you. And on this Father's Day, no better time than to recommit your heart and life to him. And we thank God for you, those of you that have. And if you have at home, call us and let us know. I, let us know. I prayed with Pastor Henry, and, and, and I started that new walk. I want to get these books to help me. And if you uh, just want to be a part of our family, uh, you know, doors of the church are open. It's open, doors of the church are open right now, always. If you want to want to be a part of Regional world Bible Church, whether you're in here or whether you're at home, you can come on. You can, at home, you can just stand up and just uh, and we'll pray with you. But if there's anyone in here that wants to wants to come and 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 and, and declare uh, this is will be my church, then you can come on right now. We welcome. We just w- want to welcome you to the family. I, I know, uh, and and we thank God because it's important. Why do you say that sometimes? I, I, I don't always use those terms, the doors of the church open, because Jesus opened the doors of the church 2,000 years ago, and nobody can shut them. But you always have an opportunity. He said, I stand at the door and knock, but we got to open it up to let him in. Amen. And I thank God. One of the things he did say, for folks that just get born again, we need to acknowledge him publicly. That way he can acknowledge us before the Father. So I thank God. But the main step is praying that prayer that we just prayed for salvation. That's a life-changing prayer. That's an eternal life-changing prayer. Amen.